Welcome to the Notes with Friends podcast, hosted by me, Jody Moore Lewis, where I interview women artists, creatives, entrepreneurs about little notes of life, courage, wisdom, love, and curiosity. Excited for you to join the chat. Ah, oh my gosh. Today is our first episode, my first episode, our first episode. You and me, dear listener, wherever you may be. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. I can't believe it's finally here. You know when you think so long about doing something and then you finally do it and then you're like, oh, I'm doing this? Okay, it's out there. Here we go. No turning back now. I mean, I told people about it, so I got to follow through, right? (laughs) I'm in the process of moving right now. Literally, I packed up my apartment my it's it's just been a chaotic mess. I'm also recording this in my car. I have to just like be completely honest and transparent on my iPhone because all of my stuff is packed up and I really need to get this episode out. I promised the episode will come out and it's coming out. It's out. I mean, if you're listening to this, it is out. Oh yeah, so I also decided to start my podcast in the midst of an upcoming showcase. So I'm also heavy in performance mode and rehearsal mode for the Be Home Theater Company. We have a showcase. If you're in Los Angeles, please come out and support. I will put the dates and the ticket link in my show notes. So if you're in the Los Angeles area, we would love for you to come out and see a night of live theater. This is going to be the last weekend of April, Friday, April 28th, and Saturday, April 29th at 7.30 p.m., and Friday, May 5th, and Saturday, May 6th, also at 7.30 p.m., at Two Roads Theater in Studio City. Love for you to come out. So, you know, I just decided to start my podcast, change apartments, do a show. It just, it's just, it's a really exciting time, y'all. April is great. (laughs) So, my first guest, the fabulous Kelly Tebow. She recently bid a fond farewell to General Hospital after winning the 2022 Daytime Emmy Best Supporting Actress Award for playing Dr. Britt Westbourne on America's longest-running soap. She also recently reprised her fan-favorite role, Eva, on ABC's Station 19, and you can catch her on the first episode of the newest season of Magnum on NBC. And, oh my gosh, what a lovely conversation I had with her. We talked about all the things. We talked about how she started as a cheerleader and became a model into an actor from Texas to L.A. to Europe, back to L.A., to moving to London, to winning an Emmy, to finding love. Also, I keep saying Wimmy. I mean, I guess that's what we should say. Women who win Emmys, they're Wimmies. (laughs) You'll You'll hear the flub. It is there. I'm calling myself out. But it's such a lovely conversation, and she truly inspires me because she always stays true to herself. She always puts herself first, even when it's hard. Even when she doesn't know what's going to be coming around the corner, She's she knows that she's standing wholeheartedly in her own strength, in her own values. And she's always down to learn. She's always down to grow. And I just know that you're going to enjoy this episode. She is fierce. She is fabulous. She is my friend. To kick off my first Notes with Friend episode, here is Kelly Tebow. I'm nervous. (laughs) 
just you and me talking like yeah i know my favorite one of my favorite people Aw, you're a sweetheart. You're one of my favorite people. Yeah, I'm glad that your power got, came back on. Oh my God. Let me tell you, all day, no joke. Woke up and it was it was off from the morning. So like one guy came over and he's like, oh yeah, I can't find what I need to find. So, um, so then we had to wait all day for another guy to come. It was just, it's ridiculous, <laughs> but it's fine. Right. This is London. This isn't Los Angeles losing your power. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we woke up this morning. We were like, oh, yay, we can we can make ourselves tea and coffee. We're already winning this morning. Yay. Because yesterday we had, and it's like, it's winter. So we had no heat. We had nothing. It's a, it's a really long story that is boring. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, we're not here to talk about my lighting. We're here to talk about me. Yeah, we're not here to talk about my electricity. We're here to talk about the electricity I give the world. So have you done one of these before? Well, I've done a, I had a podcast with a couple girlfriends where we talked about, um, we were all three from different parts of the country and different ethnicities and stuff. So it was kind of like coming together, especially in like the pandemic and, and with everything America's going through. It was kind of like candid chats about that, but I've never like interviewed anyone. Wow. And I'm really happy that it's you because I feel like I don't have to work as hard because you um, are such a bubbly, sparkly person that you're just going to give me more than I even like need. So thank you for kicking it off and making it easy for me. <laughs> sure. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited you're doing this. Me too. I just like love so many of the women in my life and you all inspire me so much. And I'm just like, I want to keep spreading that inspiration. That's kind of like what I wanted to do with my newsletter. But, you know, I get fed so much by the people I'm around and the art that I get to witness, especially being in Los Angeles. I'm like, all right, let's spread these fabulous women's ideas and stories to other people that need to hear it. And like you, so I'm excited for you to kind of say how you came to where you are today, because now you're a Wimmy, Emmy award-winning actress. You're living in London with the love of your life and so many wonderful things are going for you. But I kind of want to start back at the beginning. Can you let everyone know kind of where you're from and how growing up, kind of how you got into modeling and acting? Because I think you sort of started young in the business. I did. Yeah. Um, I'm from Texas. I'm from Corsicana, Texas. It's an hour South of Dallas, a very small town. Um, had no knowledge of acting or modeling or anything. I loved movies growing up. I was very dramatic, but I had no idea that, and I know it's cliche to say this, but I really had no idea that that was like a job that you do. Um, for me, when I was a kid, I loved to sing. I would just lock myself in my room and sing all the time. And that was my favorite thing to do. And I loved music. And strangely, I think I learned about emotion through music, um, because, you know, half the time when you're growing up, you don't understand what the hell's going on. And like music is there to kind of like give you insight. And so I loved it, but I realized that I didn't quite have um, a record selling singing voice. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe if I would have gone to, to do some like classes or t taken singing lessons or something, it would have worked out for me. But 
that's not the route that I went. Um, so I was playing sports, loving life, you know, love my small town and my circle of friends. And then um, I was a cheerleader and um, my cheer coach took a group of girls up to Dallas to audition for like this cheer catalog to model uniforms and jumpsuits and pom-poms and all that stuff. And I was like, sure, I'll go. Like, I don't know what the hell this is, but why not? And I did, and I got picked. And so I started working with this kind of modeling school called John Robert Powers. Did you ever, did you ever know John Robert Powers? Oh yeah. yeah. They were in the malls in Raleigh, North Carolina. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I got sucked. John Robert Powers. Yes. Yeah. I got sucked into John Robert Powers and the woman at the time that was running this particular location, she basically was like, Hey, I'd love to give you a scholarship. And she took me on for free. So my family didn't have to pay for anything because my mom never would have done that. Um, and I was still like, no idea what this is, but this door has just strangely open for me. So, you know, I'm going to do it. And I started doing these classes. I started modeling for this cheer company, um, when I was like 14, 15 and, um, I had no real like direction in life. Does anybody? Well, I mean, I'd like to think that some people do because there's people (laughs) who are like really with it in their life. And I'm like, you had a good parent. Not that my parents were bad, but I didn't have someone like preparing me for adulthood, you know, like what I want to do, where do I want to go? Do I want to stay in Texas? Do I, what do I want to do for a living? Like, what does that look like in the real world? You know, I didn't have those conversations and no one was really telling me I needed to go to college. I had no desire to go to college. Um, so I kind of just started focusing on modeling and, um, I went to IMTA. Did you ever hear of IMTA? (laughs) International Model and a Talent Talent Association. Maybe. <clears throat> Not as much as John Robert Powers. Well, IMTA is like where all of those John Robert Powers schools take take their students and they okay. audition for like casting directors and talent agents and modeling agencies. And so I went to New York when I was 15 and did this whole big convention and did my first commercial audition, which I sucked. Like absolutely had no idea what I was doing. And then um, walked the runway and did this whole, you know, modeling show. And I got chosen by a modeling agency out in California that wanted to work with me, but I still had like two years left in school. So I decided to graduate high school a year early. I had enough credits to do that. And I was really ready to get out of my hometown and just I'm super independent. So I was like, I want to be on my own. I want to do my own thing. I'm going to get away from all you. <laughs> and uh, so I don't know where I got all of the the courage to do that. Like my niece just turned 17 this year and I left my small town at 17 and moved to LA. And I'm like, I can't believe I was her age when I left. Like that just blows my mind. But I moved to LA, I graduated a year early, moved to LA and started, you know, somewhat pursuing the modeling industry, but that's what got me out there. What's awesome though, Kel, is even when your cheerleading coach took you to this thing and you're like, I don't know what this is. I'll just try it out. Like you still have that same mentality now. You're like, why not? Let's do it. Sounds like a fun time. Like that's really kind of been, I feel like 
your North Star that's been like able to it open really you is, up and yeah. keep you going. It really is, honestly. And it probably gives my my parents like heart attacks because they're always, <laughs> you know. I mean, my mom's like go to phrase with me is, oh Kelly. You know, she just is always like, oh Kelly, you know, whenever I'm deciding to do something or something doesn't work out, you know, because I'm I am constantly shifting and trying things and pushing myself not not there's a lot that I should be doing that I'm not doing but I I do yes I I I do kind of put myself out there so which is great because a lot of us shy away from that and you you own who you are and I feel like you've done that well I mean I haven't known you for so long but I feel like we connected really quickly and um that was one of the things I loved about you where you you just own who you are and you're just, you love to try things out and then figure out, oh, I'll see if I like it after I do it. Yeah. But I'm not going to like shy away from trying something until I try it. And I think that's great. Like that makes you, that that's living up life. I love it. Yeah. So it's, wait, oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying it causes a lot of anxiety. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I know, to parents, but to other fellow artists, we're just like, oh, yes, that's the way to live life, girl. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Um, even me moving away from home, not at 17, like, to L.A. in my young 20s, that was still, like, my parents, like, are you sure? Even my mom to this yeah. day, like, when are you going to come back? Are you sure you like it? Don't you want to come stay at yeah. home? <laughs> and I'm like, You're like, never again. Mom, I love you. And I do love coming home and you doing my laundry, but I could do my own laundry. Yeah. Yeah. You like never yeah. change. So you came out for modeling and then you got your first, you got into movies. Like your first movie credit was in 2002 for Journey of Redemption. So what was that like? Was that like your first yeah. transition into acting? And was that in Los Angeles? No, not at all. Yeah, that was in Los Angeles. Um, I I had a, you know, there there's, I have a few regrets in my life. And one, one of them is, and maybe I'll look back in 10 years and I won't regret it, but I moved to LA when I was so young that there, there was endless possibility for me at that time. You know, now I'm an actor and I know wholeheartedly that I wanted, that I want to act. And I think about that younger version of myself who had so much, you know, in front of her, I could have really taken advantage of it at that time. But because I was so young and I, I was so underprepared for what was required of me to live in such a massive city on my own, um, I was very lost for a long time. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I didn't like to, I didn't like modeling, but it was the only thing I knew, you know, I'd moved out I'm in this new place. It's the only really way I know how to make money. I slowly learned how to, you know, waitress and become a bartender and do all that stuff. But modeling was just like my go-to thing, but I hated it. And so I would travel. That, that was one thing I loved about it is I got to see, you know, Europe and London and um, a, a bunch of places early on before anyone in my family really traveled the world. And that was really, really cool. But ultimately I knew it wasn't what I wanted to do. So that job, um, <laughs> there was a time where I had a lot of different gigs. I was doing a lot of random things just to try to get by. 
and I was working at the Hilton in Woodland Hills um, at the front desk. And one of the guests was this, I don't know if he was the writer. I think it was the writer and producer of this movie. And he asked me if I wanted to be in it. And he had a small little role. I played like his makeup artist or something like that. Um, I guess he was also acting in it. I can't remember such a long time ago. But I played a makeup artist. I think I had like one line, um, but that's how I got that job. And I still didn't really have interest yet in acting at that point. I was, again, I was so lost as an individual. Um, I'm really glad I didn't get into acting at that time because I could have seriously done some harm to myself, really, because I just didn't have the self-respect, the wherewithal, the courage to say no. I didn't have who I am now is not who I was. Um, I was a people pleaser, very shy, um, you know, wanted to go with the flow and just never like cause problems with people. So I could have really been taken advantage of. Um, so I guess it worked out in my favor that I didn't become an actor until later in my life. So, so it took a while. So I didn't start acting until, um, I did these David Guetta, he's a French DJ. I did like multiple videos, music videos for him. Yeah, not just one, you did four. <laughs> four yeah. videos. Yeah. It was so fun. It was so so fun. fun. Um, I was talking to Frankie about it and like, cause Love is Gone was like such a huge hit here in the States. And I remember like yeah. being like dancing with my friends to it. And then he's like, Kelly is like in it. And I'm like, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> You're in it and you get to lip sync. Like you like gotta be you're you gotta kind of go back to that singer performer self. Yes. So tell how did you get involved with that? Like let's like how did that happen? I feel like you were a Julia Fox muse before Julia Fox. Oh wow, that's funny. Oh, thanks. Um I was I was doing so I was modeling and then I started getting into the commercial world because I needed to make money and commercials pay really well. Um, and I auditioned for this video, I had no clue anything about David Guetta hadn't really come to America yet. This was like his breakout song in the States. And so I I didn't know anything about the people or really how big the job was gonna be. And there was hundreds of girls auditioning for this job went in had to kind of learn a little bit of the lyrics um and lip sync it and uh kind of act out this like little skit and they hired me and I created this amazing relationship with these people for you know over four videos and that was always their goals to find one girl and she would play you know in all of the videos and and I mean Love is Gone was so huge that I I went to Paris to get on a, a French talk show with David Guetta. And I had an earpiece in my ear where they were translating French to English. So they would ask me questions and I could respond. But it was the most awkward thing because everyone in the audience was French. None of my jokes landed because it was all delayed because I was getting fed, you know, it was on a delay. It was just like such funny, but like very nerve wracking experience. But yeah, I had no idea that that was going to be as big as it was. It was really fun. That's, was that probably your favorite music video? Um, of the David Guetta that series that I did. Oh yeah. What do you think? Your, what was your favorite one? 
Um, I'm not really sure. Uh, we did this one. Um, I forget the name of the song. Something about tomorrow, where we got to like throw paint everywhere. We like threw paint on the walls. We threw paint on David. Um, different people in the band got paint thrown on them. We we shot this in Montreal, and it was my first time in Montreal, so that was a lot of fun. Um, so that one that one might be my favorite, just because it was, and I got to act a little bit in it, like more than I did the others. It was it was good. Yeah, that whole series of four videos really got things kind of like going for me acting wise. I was like, oh, okay, what's this? This is this is fun. This is I like this. And you actually got to like audition and give your creative idea of what you think this is supposed to look like and like who you bring to the table versus just being plucked at like a hotel, which some people think is like, cool. Like sometimes you're like, no, I want to work and I want to show you and earn it. It feels like more empowering, I think, and more exciting because you're like, oh, I'm collaborating. I'm, you know, my ideas that I'm bringing to the table. Yeah, that was, I think, one of my things with modeling is I I came from a sports background. And so with modeling, I think why I didn't really appreciate it was, and I don't mean any respect to anyone who's successful, a successful model, because it is a hard job. But at the time, I wasn't understanding that, oh, this is a talent, you know, like, it just felt like I wanted more. I wanted to be able to show more. I wanted to be able to do more. There was more of me that I wanted to express that I couldn't really find in the modeling world because to me, it didn't have that, like you work hard, you know, there's a talent involved. And again, I'm, there is, it is a tough business, but yeah, I just didn't, it didn't work for me. Um, but acting really did acting. I I really understood it and I I loved it. And is that kind of when you started getting a role in, in Hollywood, like you started getting like guest stars and co-stars and, or was there still a little break? No. So I, after the David Guetta stuff, I, for some reason decided I'm going to go abroad and I'm going to, I'm going to try one more time and do this modeling thing and see what happens. (laughs) And I came to London and I was 25, I believe 26 and um i was miserable and it was like what am i doing here this is not what i want to do i need to act so i stayed the length of time that i had initially planned which i think was 6 months and i decided to go back to la and i started taking class like seriously i, I got into leslie con and i love comedy so i really wanted to explore that side of myself and i was doing casting director workshops and this one casting director that i met and this is a time when if you did these workshops, which were really big at the time, they would leave you a critique uh, from the casting director and, and kind of give you things to work on or say like really incredible, like compliments about what, what you're doing with your work that they loved. Like it was awesome. And this casting director gave me a really nice critique and he advised that I go study at Leslie Kahn. So that's what I did. And, um, and then this was probably like by the time I was 28, 29, I landed my very first manager and I had no idea how to find a manager or an agent. I was just so clueless to it all. And my acting coach at Leslie Kahn was like, Hey, I have this manager. I think that you guys might be a good fit. I'd love to introduce you. And so we met and he was like, "Mm, 
I don't know about you. There's something about you that I just don't understand. Like, what have you been doing with your life? You know, kind of in a way is what he was saying. And I was like, listen, I know I'm 28. I'm getting late. I've wasted a lot of years. So old for Hollywood. So old. So ridiculous. Not anymore. That shit's changing, but I know. (laughs) Thank God. Thank God. It's about time. Yeah. People in like their 50s and 60s and 70s are getting roles of a lifetime and it's women and it's exciting. It's so exciting. Yeah. It is exciting. But back to you. So you get your manager. Get my manager. Uh, and so he was uncertain about me. And I was like, listen, let me let me do an audition for you. Let me put something on tape. And he was like, okay. He sent me a scene and I did it. And we started working together. And he's still my manager, which is nuts. That is incredible. We've been together for 11 years, I guess. Uh, wild. And he's seen you? Yeah, he has seen. We've been together for a long time through a lot of stuff and yeah he's he's he definitely has seen massive growth for sure um and then that's like you so once you got your manager you started auditioning more and then you started booking you kind of never stopped booking i started booking but yeah there's been a couple there's been some dry there's been some dry seasons yes yes i think it's really cool that you were in one of the horror franchises you were in hostel part hostel part three because that thing with that was huge like in like 2010 all the saws and then like the remakes they were just like the horror genre right then was huge so what was it like coming in or getting cast in a horror film that already has such a huge following my very first just to take it back just a little bit just to kind of like build up to that my very first like real job real, real job was on Chuck. Um, so I got that job through one of these casting director workshops that I went to met the casting assistant. And I guess they had been looking for me after I did this, you know, audition for them. Like, where is this girl? We want to bring her in. And I didn't have an agent or a manager at the time. So they didn't know how to get a hold of me. And then this job came up for Chuck and I auditioned for it. And I walk into the director session and they're like, oh my God, where have you been? And I was like, what? Oh my God, that's got to feel amazing. You're like, hi, I'm here. Answer to all your problems. <laughs> yeah, they're amazing, amazing guys. Um, so that was my first job. And then, you know what's, I don't remember um, if I auditioned for uh what was what was the hostel hostel thank you (laughs) i mean when you've had a long career like you you're like let me remember what no you've just had a long life there's been a lot of shit that's happened it's hard to remember it all um hostel i don't remember if i auditioned for that because i was doing a lot of after chuck I started to get a lot of auditions and I got really close to multiple pilots. I was testing, like something was about to happen. I was doing these casting director uh, meetings and I met with this guy at Universal, had a fucking incredible meeting, the best meeting of my life. And he had, had me audition for um, American Pie, the reunion. So I did this audition, rushed it. The role was a girl at a, she was a Chris, was it Chris Pine? Was that his name? Is his name Chris Pine, right? 
not the Chris dark haired like athlete. But I know which one you're Chris talking Pine. about. Chris Chris Pine's Chris. Uh, yeah, Chris Pine. We know. Yeah, Chris. yeah. But he, I know exactly. I could see him. <laughs> the dark haired jock guy, whoever he is. American Pie, Chris something. You are I'm memorable, Chris. We just can't think of you right now. <laughs> That's old Chris doing these days. Um, Chris Klein. Chris Klein. Klein, Klein. It's it rhymes. So close. That's why I was like, that sounds right, but that's not right. <laughs> so, Chris Klein. I my my character was his girlfriend, and we're at this party, and I take Molly, and there's like a scene with me like going off the couch, just like having the best time, and I fucking rocked it. So I book it. I go to the table read. And I'm like at Universal and I'm like, my life's about to change. Things are finally happening. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, I've been broke my whole adult life. I've had so much hardship and I was like, yes, I was so excited. I get there, I do the table read, I'm meeting everyone. I'm so nervous. Leave the table read a couple of days later, they end up recasting me with some Maxim Hot 100 model. She wasn't even an actress. And I was so devastated. So devastated. Oh my gosh. So then, um, yeah, it's okay. It happens all the time, you know? I know. That's the first time I've heard that story. I My heart uh, is breaking. That I, I think that's what a lot of people not in the industry don't realize how much that does happen and oh, how much behind the, the scenes, yeah. like all the close calls and, oh, but like. I mean, you could even go to the, you could go to the job, shoot it and get cut from the whole project and never even make the final edit. You know, like there's so much that goes on right? with stuff right. like that. So you got a chance yeah. to read these lines with the entire cast of this American Pie franchise. And then you get a call that you're recast. Yeah, that was recast. Um, and then the, <sighs> so this Hostel movie, I believe it was another kind of situation like that where it was, um, I met with the director. They had this small role. I don't believe I auditioned for it. I really don't. Maybe I did. Actually, I did. I lied. It was when self-tapes first started. Like, it was not normal to do a self-tape, but if you couldn't make the audition, they were allowing it. I did an audition. Then I met the director and I got the job and it was my first like real movie job. Um, it shot in Detroit. I was so happy to be there and be on this, you know, production that had like big trucks and trailers. And you're like, yeah, this is so cool. <laughs> and but my role, my role, like, you know, she was, I wanted to like be in, I mean, at the end, I'm sure everyone's seen it. If you haven't, you're not missing anything, but in the end I do help kind of kill someone, but I didn't get like, I wanted to get like involved and I wanted to murder someone and I wanted to have blood everywhere. And like, yeah. So I didn't get to do the role that I wanted. It is mostly about the male figures and it's mostly about your fiance, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's all about him. Yeah. It's not really a woman's story, unfortunately. Yeah. No. But it was fun. But like, but you're like, okay, I got a bite of this. Now I want more. Yeah. <laughs> I can handle sure. more. Give For me sure. more. Give me the yeah. blood. <laughs> yeah. Give me the gory stuff. Give me the gory stuff. So how long after doing booking Hostel and then I know you did The Secret Life of American Teenager, which was a big, I was a big fan. <laughs> which is, by the way, I was like, 
I think I was 29, 30 doing that. And all of those people were like 21. And I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to be somewhat in their, somewhat in their age bracket. And I'm going to set like, oh, this is a little awkward. You know, it was really weird, but nice people. It was fun. It was nice really people. Fun. It was fun. Well, you got to play kind of like a scandalous lady. Oh yeah. yeah she was very <laughs> That had to be fun. Yeah. But how long until you book general hospital because that's kind of been like the most would you say that's the most transformative uh production role that you've done in your career so far or just maybe just because it's been the most the lengthiest yeah it's definitely been the lengthiest uh job that i've had transformative in maybe a way of like me really growing as an actor for sure um i don't think it's I don't think it's launched my career. Um, yes, I'm a working actor. I mean, at the moment I'm not, but you know, I am, I do have a resume and I, I, I pay my bills as an actor currently. And that's amazing. Um, and it's a huge blessing. Um, but general hospital came around right around the time it was, it was kind of right after hostel it was 2012. When does it, does it say on there when I did hostel? Um, right. I have all your data <laughs> pulled up beside your I face. can tell. Uh, you know, I, I don't leave anything unattended. I do my research thoroughly. <laughs> um, Good, you it says Hostel came out, it, it came out in 2011. So you either shot it earlier that year or okay. the year before, yeah. probably. Yeah. Okay. So 2012, I was, I got close to, um, sixth this pilot that, that that got turned into a show but only went one series uh, one season um I was getting really close to things and General Hospital came around and I was like sure you know I don't want to be on soaps but sure I'll, I'll audition and, and did the audition and then a week later we got a call that I didn't get the role that I auditioned for but they had this temporary character coming through who who was a doctor and she was kind of causing problems at the hospital and you know trying to sleep with one of the head doctors and they wanted to know she was a bad girl and they wanted to know if I wanted the role and I was like oh you're offering it to me I don't have to audition I was like sure that's great love it and it was recurring so it allowed me to still do everything that I was doing which was you know something was about to hit I really felt felt that but I could start making money. I could start, you know, paying off some debt or whatever I needed to do at that time. Um, so that was really fun. Uh, and it lasted, you know, I did it for about two months and I thought I was doing a terrible job. Um, and my boss came over to me and he was like, Hey, I need to talk to you. And I was like, Oh no, I'm getting fired for sure. Getting fired. And he was like, we like to offer you a contract. I was like, what? what does that mean? You know? And so it took me about two weeks to think this over. Like, is this what I want to do? We did the, you know, they gave me the breakdown of the deal. Um, and after thinking on, on it for such a long time, I just decided if they did this amount of time for this money, I would do it. And they said yes to it. And I was on the show for two years and it was great. It was, it was so much fun. You know, I really learned, especially at that time, I was still kind of new to acting. I still hadn't really found, 
found it, found myself in it, I think, like Mm -hmm. where I am now, at least, you know, um, so I learned so much those first two years and I really learned how to like be okay, like being vulnerable in front of a whole crew of people and like crying or learning dialogue or just, there's so much, there's so much that soaps teach you. Um, but I decided to leave. I didn't want to, I didn't want to stay on anymore. And so I left in 2015 to pursue other things. So just backing up really quick, when you were just the recurring role and you thought you weren't doing as well, what what made you think like you weren't succeeding in the way that you wanted to? Like, what were you, because you were expecting him to fire you, yeah. but it was quite the opposite. Yeah. Like maybe where did your doubts yeah. kind of come from, do you think? Well, when I first got the role, I was putting a lot of time into learning the dialogue and breaking a scene down and mm-hmm really bringing in something extra that wasn't on the page. I was, I was having a coach help me with my, my workload. Um, and then once I kind of got into the groove there and I, and I really understood the pacing of a soap and, you know, not to say that they don't care about performance, but it's not a performance driven kind of show. They have so much dialogue to get through. They have so much to shoot that like, if it's not perfect, if it's not really your best take, they'll just move on. So in my head, I was like, well, why am I spending all this energy if you guys don't even really care, you know? So I eased up a little bit and that's when I started getting insecure. Mm. That's when I was like, oh, I'm not, bring- I'm not bringing it, in- bringing it anymore. So I'm going to get fired. So I thought, I don't know what the lesson is there. <laughs> well, I guess trusting that you still have something, but, but like it is, beautiful that you were still like well I guess the lesson is you know what kind of caliber you want to bring to set every single time but it is like a soap yeah, you're shooting an episode true. a day you're doing five episodes a week like oh, you're doing more you're, than that you're doing more yeah. yeah what do I know <laughs> like you are punching it out <laughs> yeah so it is it is a lot so I can see and 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 so I can definitely see where you're coming from but I think that that's your work ethic, that's kind of what's been shining through. And that's probably what led to this year of you getting nominated and winning your Emmy because of the work ethic that you brought to set all the freaking time. I mean, we can jump to that in a second, but you left the show in 2015. And then from 2015 until like pandemic times today, what kind of was going on there? Were you back on the audition grind? Were you trying different things? Yeah, I was very much back on the audition grind. I I actually got really insecure. Um, I don't know if it was because in my mind I had perceived this like status of like a working actor. I was on a show. I had a contract that meant something to the industry and it meant absolutely nothing. And I started getting really insecure when I did auditions and I was just bombing, like bombing, bombing. So I didn't work for, I mean, I did, I think it was like 2017, I did a Lifetime movie um, and that was offered to me just from my experience on General Hospital, you know, because of the fan base and everything. Um, But I was back to waitressing and it was really rough. You know, I was working at places and waiting on, on people that recognized me. 
that I would be taking their order and they're like, oh, you're the girl from General Hospital. What are you doing here? And I was like, and that that was really that was really eye opening uh, for me. And um, not that I had an ego, but if I did have any ego, it really like brought it down. You she know? was bucking and a just... little bit. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, for I, sure. We, yeah. It, it's it's um. I obviously haven't been in like your exact shoes, but it definitely is hard in this town with your resume and what matters. And, you know, social media was starting to like ramp up around that time too. And like what you showed on there, like comparing your bookings and why am I not working? It, it, it like the bookings mattered more than the process. It was like the paycheck mm-hmm. mattered more than the process. It was hard to consider yourself and maybe I'm speaking more for myself and I'm just inserting myself into your conversation right now. But it's, it's sometimes it's hard to be like, yes, I'm an actor when you're waiting tables. And then they're like, well, what are you doing now? And you're like freaking auditioning like every day and in class and I'm doing all these things, but you just can't see it. And because you can't see it, am I an actor? Am, am I doing this? Am I good enough? It's that vicious cycle yeah. that this oh, crazy yeah. industry puts on you. Yeah. Auditions give you, they give you confirmation that like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be doing this. Like they want me, I'm good enough, you know? And it's, it's, it's really sad that we live in that place, but it's so true. Um, and you know, the thing that people don't realize is they see you on television, especially, you know, if you're working on a show and they see you every day or once a week, whatever the type of show it is, they think you're rich. They think you, oh, you're a star. And yeah, some people might be like that, but some people aren't, you know, and they have, we have to pay our bills. And that's why I went back to being a waitress. It's like, this is what I do. It gives me the flexibility to audition. It gives me the flexibility to book a job if I can book one. And it's, yeah, it it just was the only thing I knew how to do. Um, so it was a long time after GH that I, I actually started feeling good again and like started working again. Um, yeah, it's tough. Did you, did you continue training? Like what, what kind of kept you class that was, that was kind of like your solace, like to keep going and to keep like (laughs) sane in a way. Yeah. I mean, I think it was just it not, I think, I know it was my own stuff was getting in the way, you know, um, I needed it too much. I think when you like my mom, not to like segue too much, but my mom is, uh, she's an artist. She's, she's a really talented, like artist, artist. And she never wanted to pursue it because she didn't want her art to be attached to her, like making a living, having Mm. that stress, you know, because it is like, we love what we do, whatever you're doing, you know, and, and acting is a special thing. And if you love it and it means so much to you, but it's also like what feeds you, not your, just your soul, but like your belly and it pays for your rent. And so it starts to like cause such stress and that stress doesn't work when you're trying to act in an audition room, you know, it really doesn't. And maybe there's some people out there who can do that balance really well, but I couldn't. And I was so desperate for a job because I was hungry and I needed to pay my bills. 
And I needed that confidence boost and I needed so much from it. And I wasn't getting it because I needed it too much, you know? So it was my own stuff that was getting in the way. Um, so it was a long time, but the pendulum, the pendulum swings, right? Yeah. Thank you so much so, for sharing that. That honesty. Oh, yeah. That was, yeah. And then what kind of, was it the pandemic that brought, because what was like the next step, I guess, after, like what was the next job after General yeah. Hospital? So um, I did a couple Lifetime movies and then oh, right, in 20, right. 2019, I booked my first job since general, since I did not book a job, like, like audition and book since, um, God, I mean, even general hospital, I really didn't, but station 19 was my first, like back in the game feeling like I just booked it. And it's Shondaland, it's network, it's a recurring role and she's juicy. So good. It was so good. It felt so good. So that was 2019. Um, and then right around that time, Days of Our Lives. I did an audition for Days of Our Lives for just a kind of a re recurring character. And I booked that. So I was like, okay, something's happened. You know, I'm, I've gone through the trenches. I fucking burned off all this bullshit that I've been carrying. And here I am and I'm ready to go. The universe and I are clicking, you know, back in flow mode, baby. And I was doing both of those things at the same time. And then the pan, so station 19 was, I think I did six episodes. I don't remember the first six episodes or five episodes the first time. Um, and then days of our lives, they actually, yeah, I actually got recast. I forgot about that. I did, um, I did, I think four episodes and then they recast me and I can't remember why I've probably blocked it out, <laughs> but they recast me, um, which was great, which ended up being fine. I was totally okay with it. Um, and it had something to do with general hospital. If I remember correctly, it had something to do with GH. But 2020, 2020 came and I, I, GH brought me back for a couple of episodes, the beginning of 2020. And I was like, oh, this is great. Going back, playing Brit. I loved my character and um, went back for like three or four episodes. The pandemic hit. Everyone was like, what are the, what, what are we going to do here? You know, I was, I was about to, I was about to interview to be an Amazon driver. Like I was literally like, how am I going to stay afloat here. This is nuts. Um, and then August of 2020, my boss at GH reached out to me and he was like, Hey, I know you don't like to be on contracts, but we'd love to bring your character back. Would you do it for a year? And I was like, well, a year during this time when no one knows what the hell's going to happen. Like, sure. I'll do a year. It goes by so fast, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of how I got back on GH. Nice. And it was yeah. kismet timing. And then you started class and that's how I met you. Yes. I just like to remind everyone that she had a full-time job, like soap job, which is like sometimes even more than just like normal full-time job hours and still made it to class and kicked ass and learned all the lines. I just, I, I just. Sometimes. <laughs> 
most of the time. Oh, thanks, babe. Well, let's talk about this Emmy, like getting nominated and um, winning and you brought your mom with you. Like, what was that whole process like from like, what was it like first just to get nominated for a an, an freaking Emmy? That was insane. I'll never forget that day. It was <laughs> awesome. Like, awesome. I felt really good about it. I knew I did great work. I really did that year. I felt I was partnered up with someone who was just so good. And we just had a great thing going. It was great. And I was getting amazing writing and everything just was working. And um, yeah, I, the, the day was amazing. I, I got the, the, my boss called me, I was at work and he was like, what are you doing? I was like, well, I'm at work. Don't you know that? <laughs> and he's like, He's like, well, do you work tomorrow? And I said, no. He's like, good. You you can go out and celebrate. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you got nominated for an Emmy. And I just jumped up and down and started screaming. I jumped on my couch. I was like, ah! ooh, ooh. <laughs> so good. And then later that day, I was like, it was Cinco de Mayo. And I was like, I'm going to go out and have some margaritas and I'm going to celebrate. I'm so excited. But first I need to drive to my mailbox because I have a package that just got delivered. So I'm driving and I get into a car accident on the freeway. Oh, and so I didn't celebrate because my neck was bothering me. And my boyfriend was like, you need to go to the ER to make sure you're okay. You don't have a concussion, like nothing's going on. So I ended up spending like four hours in urgent care. So yeah. Highs and lows. The universe was like, okay, girl, calm your celebration down. You got plenty of time. Calm down, girl. Yeah. And then yeah. you it was great. bring your mom and she gets to be in this moment with you. Like, what was that like? What was that like getting to spend that time with your mom? Something that like a lot of actors dream of even having a chance to not just go to the Emmys, but to even just be nominated. Like yeah. I mean, I feel like I know all your answers, but just I'll let you talk. <laughs> yeah, it was really special. It was it's it is a day that I would any any moment at any time go back and relive. Um, my mom flew in and, you know, my mom is a very like normal person. She lives in a small town. She, you know, does not know anything about Hollywood um, you know, even like what to wear on the red carpet was very stressful for her, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, um, it was really sweet. We had a beautiful time. We got there and she, she walked the red carpet with me the whole time. And she took pictures of me and I was doing interviews and she just, you know, she just sat back and watched the whole thing. And, my mom drove out to LA with me when I was 17 and she, you know, got me set up in the place that I was living and she went, she went back to Texas and she always tells me that that was the hardest thing that she's ever done is to leave me in California. And so for her to, to be there after she's seen everything that I've been through and how difficult it's been for me, um, it was really special. And even if I didn't win, it was a win for us because it was like, fuck yes. You know, like persistence pays off. You just got to fucking keep going. And my mom was like, just really, I think taken aback by everything. And we, 
I didn't, I didn't like, I was so nervous. I'm not good at public speaking at all. I get really, really nervous. Um, and so I was very nervous about if I did win, which I wanted to win, but if I did win, like, I don't know how I'm going to do the speech. I don't know what I'm going to say. And I like loosely kind of came up with something in my mind, but I never wrote anything down. I had like bullet points of things that I wanted to say. Um, and we get there and we we go into the room and they take us to our table and I'm like getting so nervous and I'm looking around and trying to figure out like, okay, I'm seated here. Another nominee is over there. Like, like, am I here for a specific reason? Does this mean I won? Like what's going on? Clear direction to the stage. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I didn't know like when they were going to announce my category and my mom's like, well, there's a program here. Let's look at it. And I'm like, no, no, no. Don't tell me. I don't want to know. So the show starts and we're like, oh, here we go. And the hosts come out and they're chatting and doing their bit. And then the first presenters come out and it's my category. And they're like, uh, and the first category is, um, what was my category? <laughs> no, uh, supporting. Best supporting actress. Yeah. <laughs> best supporting actress. And my mom and I look at each other and we're like, oh shit, we're first. Okay. And I got so nervous and the cameras come in and they're, you know, announcing all the nominees names. And mine was the last name. And I'm listening to the crowd with each nominee. And I'm thinking in my mind, I'm not, I didn't win this. I didn't win it. No one knows me in this world. Like I don't, I don't actively like socialize in the daytime world. I don't know people from different shows. Like I, I, you know, I, I was like, I didn't win it. I didn't win it. And so when they said my name, I was fully, fully, fully shocked, like really shocked. And just gave my mom like the biggest hug. It was just like, I can't, I was, I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it. I was sweating, walking up on stage. <laughs> I'll never forget. It's so funny. I walk up on stage and the presenters have, it's a fake trophy. It's not even the real trophy that you actually take home. And I just go up to them and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so nervous. I don't know what to say. I was like rambling, not even making sense. I was like, I'm sweating. I gave them hugs, but like, I wasn't in my body at all. There was, I was not in my body. And yeah, it was, it was really special. It was really special. And you said the perfect things like you were so adorable and honest and cute and funny. Sometimes when people like accept uh-huh. awards and they're just so poised, I'm like, God, you, you just like have lived in this industry. Like, I feel like yeah. it's almost just like presentational. Where is yeah. the person outside of the acting, you know? Yeah. But you felt like you were the person. Oh, thanks. Yeah. That really means a lot, Jody. Thank you. Mwah. Yeah, I I always look at those people and I'm like, I wish I could sound like that. They sound so intelligent and like poetic and I want to sound like that. But instead I'm just like, I'm like literally like when I go to the mic, that's just like all this excitement just comes out and it's uncontrollable. Yeah, but way more relatable. Like, yeah, I don't know. It yeah. just makes it you. And then when you win more, you're going to, you will become the poised poetic person but maybe yeah oh that's so incredible and then you decide to choose yourself like you kind of always have your whole life even when it's been hard and to leave general hospital and move to london 
you are in London now. You are no longer near me, which I'm super sad about, but you were there no, with we... finally electricity. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in these parts, they don't get electricity a lot. No, I'm joking. Um, yeah, I am here. I I left General Hospital, which was something I was going to do regardless of my current situation. Um, I had signed on for a longer, a longer contract after that year passed by. Um, and then COVID kind of put a wrench in a couple of things because ABC mandated the vaccine and my partner, my acting partner on the show didn't want to get the vaccine. So he just left and I was going, well, what the fuck am I doing here then? Like I only stayed for us to work together. So, um, luckily I had an amazing boss, honest to God, uh, who really understood my desires, um, changes I wanted to make in my life. Um, and I was supposed to be on the show for another year and a half. And I can't imagine being there. Like I honestly cannot imagine still being on the show, still doing long distance relationship with my boyfriend. Um, I just, I can't imagine it. Like as hard as this is moving away from my family and my friends and the life that I had in LA and the fear of like, what if I don't work? What if this long distance thing? And like thinking that I can act like I'm in LA, but I'm in London or trying to break into the industry here doesn't work. It just is something that I had to do. Um, and I'm really, really, really happy I did it. Um, GH gave me a really nice send off. Oh yeah, you were a badass in that send off. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta be a hero. My character, yeah, she was a little bit of a hero, and then she died, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which was really sad. I, you know, I felt so guilty to take the take the take the character away from the fans. I really do feel guilty about it. Um. But it was a, a decision that my boss and I both agreed to. He's like, you don't want to fly back and forth from London. You want to have babies. You're going to go and live your life. And I was like, yeah, I kind of, I, that's what I would like. He's like, we're going to kill her off. And I was like, okay, great. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I do no miss her. Back. I really do. I love her. No coming back. Mm -mm. <laughs> yes. I needed that though. Like the soap and the in the soap world, they can always bring you back. And for me and my my mind to understand what was happening and to like really close that door, I needed her to die. I did because I don't want to go back. You needed that cord cut. Yeah. And it was amazing. And it has been an amazing ride. And I feel so lucky to have experienced daytime for on and off for nine years, which is crazy. Um, I didn't know it was that long and uh, to have the fan base and to get to play with this crazy, complicated character. It was so much fun. And she really brought so much brevity to the show. Yeah. And here I am now. And here you are now in London. Well, you are, you have a film gearing up that you're shooting back here in the States. And then you're also working on possibly making a food hosting show, a restaurant hosting show. So all of that's in the yeah. works, right? Yeah. Anything you want to like mention on the film or the hosting or kind of leave it like wait and see? 
you know, I don't know what's going to happen with the film. I hope something good happens. It's a really cute script. It's an, it's an indie. Um, it's, it's about, you know, what? it's, it's kind of about like maybe what I'm going through now in my life. It's about like knocking, falling on your face and, and getting up and finding your passions and, and getting in touch with yourself. And, um, it's a really, it's a really great movie. I, I play kind of a supporting character. Um, but I'm very excited. I'm very excited to have a job. Uh, and I'm very excited to go back to the States for a little bit and get to see friends and get to see kind of like my old hood and stuff. So it's going to be good. Yeah. And then the hosting stuff, you know, I would really love to do my own travel show or host like, I mean, put me on Top Chef. I would love to host Top Chef, you know, like taste all your yummy food. Oh my gosh, that'd be so much fun. So I really would love to do something in that world. Um, I hope it happens, but you know, it's a wait and see at the moment. Yeah. Well, we're all putting that out there and rooting for you. Oh, thanks. Thank you so much for sharing your journey and your obstacles and challenges and how you overcame them. It's like so inspiring and lovely to chat with you and for you to share all of that. It's such an honor. Sorry if I talked too much. Sorry if you what? Talked too much. No, I mean, I was very interested and I feel like whoever listens will be interested and inspired too. And that's why I want to leave you with a little inspiration because you, with this first podcast, are kicking off a little circle of sisterhood with me. So um, at the end of every podcast, I'm going to read a little note of inspiration from my previous guest. So so we'll mm-hmm. keep passing a little note along each time kind of thing. Yeah. Granted, you might not know who the next guest is. Maybe you will, but like, even if it's a stranger, the whole idea is the fact that as women, we are all connected in deeper ways, in a lot more ways than we think. Just being who we are, breaking societal norms, challenging the status quo, and navigating, you know, this planet together as human beings. It's just a way to continue to lift each other up. And I found this quote because I knew that it was for you. So I cheated a little bit, but um, by Anais Nen. And it reminded me of how you always choose yourself and you always choose your growth, even if it's uncomfortable. And how you're paving this really beautiful path for a lot of other women and artists to follow just by being you. And Um, So she said, I don't really want to become normal, average, standard. I want merely to gain in strength and the courage to live out my life more fully, enjoy more, experience more. I want to develop even more original and more unconventional traits. And she left a path of beauty. And I know that you'll do the same. And I'm so honored for you to be here with me. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Jody. I'm honored to be here with you. Yay. Yay. Thank you so much for listening to Notes with Friends with me, Jody Moore Lewis. Please like and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or follow me on Substack. You can also subscribe to my newsletter, Love Notes. 
get any of the latest information on the podcast or any musings and happenings. And I'd also like a big thank you to Robopop for my music. And yeah, we'll catch you next week for the next episode.